Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. And now your host, Kyle Ruff. <laughs> and then we're going to play Spin the Bottle. Yeah. <laughs> that would be more fun if I were there. That's true. It's going to be weird when Matt starts yeah, kissing the really camera. Just <laughs> I the basically just have to make out with my dog. <laughs> yeah, you just kiss the dog and then we'll kiss our cat and it'll be like the same. I mean, it works on my OnlyFans, but. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's a different Zoom conference entirely. Yeah. Yes. And also, we're going to have to really talk detail about your OnlyFans. So um, I guess we'll just jump right in. I'm going to cut off like I was already recording. I'm just going to cut that off. Oh, okay. And we're going to start. Dude, that's professional as fuck. I just want to do, baby. Damn. Keeping it so professional. He's like, get it all out of your system, please. So, so say welcome in to the Steamboat Comedy Podcast, everybody. Woo-woo. I am your host, Kyle Ruff. I'm joined by Kaylin Smith. Say hello. Oh, hey. <laughs> also joined by Reed Belmonte. Here you go. Hey, y'all. And Mr. Matt Newland. Joe Rogan podcast at day and then Joe Rogan podcast all day. Check all it day. out. Check, Check it out. out. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Nailed it. Or Rogan's going to come on soon. He's going to be so happy that we gave him a plug. Oh, my yeah, God. No, yeah, no. I think he needs it, honestly. <laughs> Uh, and we are joined by special guest, star of the beginning of the end comedy show. For those who are here, Miss Mo Vita, say hello, Mo. Hi, how are you guys? We're good. I'm Scratching good. and surviving, you know. <laughs> waiting for winter to fucking go away. Yeah, finally. waiting for winter to end <laughs> finally, which it will not do apparently. So, no. yeah, how's it? Uh, where are you at right now? Are you in Denver? I am. Yeah. And you're getting ready to do a show, right? Yeah, I've been uh, pretty busy, uh, so I'm excited. You know, tomorrow's 420, so I don't have anything on 420, but we've got some 420 shows coming up over the weekend. Um, I'm headlining a benefit show for climate change, not for it, but (laughs) to get it. (laughs) That sounded very right-wing. Just dumping carbon in the air. Yeah. (laughs) So, it'll be a fun weekend. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, I've seen, uh, it looks like you've been doing a lot with Palette City Comedy, too, huh? Yeah, I uh, I did a show with them uh, not too long ago. That was fun, because there were a few uh, other comics who were in from New York and stuff. So, it was good to kind of get that New York vibe <laughs> at a show. Right on. Very cool. That's what we try to fake here. Mm-hmm. You know? Very New York vibe here <laughs> yeah, in Steamboat. Yeah, so <laughs> um, hey, by the way, Mo, the last time that I went to a 420 in Denver, I ended up in like a daylight juggalo parade, which seemed very unreasonable to me. How is it now? Like, that was like the first year of legalization. Is it still as fucking weird as it was back then? Girl, I have no idea. We'll see. I <laughs> I don't think so. You know, now that corporations have taken over weed, <laughs> it's probably not. Right. I honestly, I, I don't know what this year is going to be like and, you know, coming through COVID and all that, so... And the funny thing is, is I'm not like a huge stoner at all. So it's <laughs> hilarious to me that I'm headlining a show. 
<laughs> You'll be the only uh, like not high person there. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Basically, there's just gonna be like narc. Um, <laughs> so, but it's legal, so I'm not, you know, being a narc. But yeah, it'll be fun though. Nice. Yeah. Well, cool. Um. So yeah, we just want to talk a little bit about uh your last trip up here to Steamboat Springs, beautiful Steamboat Springs for our beginning of the end comedy show, which the four of us had the pleasure of joining you in. Um, and that was what, I guess two weeks ago now, three weeks ago now? How long ago was that? What is today? <laughs> what is today? It was like a month ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So one month ago. Uh, Almost. I think it was the end of March, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. 26th. Yeah. 26th. Okay. So about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Glad Which, we dialed that down. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Very important details for the podcast here. When I put this out a week from now, because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we had a great time. Show sold out. Uh, what would you What would you think about the whole experience? Did you have a great time or what? It was amazing. I mean, first of all, the pleasure was all mine. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I, you guys did an amazing job. Uh, I've not you know, seen the steamboat comedy scene. So, you know, first of all, kudos on selling out four shows, uh, two Friday, two Saturday. That's a big deal. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's great working with everybody and definitely a funny scene up there. So I'm always really impressed, uh, when it's a smaller town, you know, I mean, I know you go, you guys don't have as many options to get up. Um, so it's always really impressive when you see, truly funny people um yeah i mean steamboat whiskey company was a great venue both like the layout and and to have a show there but the staff was really awesome too and so i really enjoyed it <laughs> so thank you <laughs> awesome thank you yeah it was great you're just being nice because it was a dog friendly bar <laughs> i mean it did help. <laughs> I, my my little pooch enjoyed it <laughs> good how is mando Mando is probably shitting on my floor at the moment. Um, small price to pay for the Steamboat Comedy bigger. Podcast. What's that? I said small price to pay for the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, who's to say I don't do that on my own anyhow? Um, yeah, he's much bigger than he was. He's still a handful, and uh, he's he's doing well. He's big. He's like 35 pounds now. He's going to be a big boy. Oh, my goodness. Hell, yeah. yeah. Well, we had to get the dog but, information out of the way. This is the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. You know that. This is he, dog time he would well. love to be your mascot. <laughs> I know you have the moose, but if you want a dog, he's going to be the size of a moose. So uh, <laughs> he, he would love to be your mascot. Nice. Next show, we'll strap some antlers on him and get him a cigarette, and then he can be our <laughs> mascot. <laughs> you can just get the staff to feed him bacon again. He's all yours. Trust me. <laughs> nice. That's how we get Reed to show up, too. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah, okay. I do. I do have a question because Spencer like put me on the spot right before this and was like, "You must ask this question." And the first time he phrased it, I was like, "Absolutely not. I'm not asking that." So after revision, what he wants me to ask is this is like a kind of a heady question. So here you go from directly from Spencer Powell, 
it's not mine. <laughs> Spend your pal. I know, right? God damn it. Um, but uh, basically, I like how you want to make sure who I should hate for this. No, question. yeah, you should. I just, I'm just like really making that a line. And when he listens to this later, he's gonna fucking be so pissed. But uh, the basic question is, he wants to know if you've noticed that, like, in general, when you tell jokes, if there, you get more empathetic responses from females over males. So, for example, when you tell a joke and somebody goes, "Ah," is it mostly a female response? Or do you find that, like, men are more easily, like, able to laugh off just like, hey, like, you can joke about anything and it's not a big deal? This was directly the question Spencer wanted me to ask. Terrible question, Spencer. Fucking wow. terrible question. Yeah, but I told right him I would, I told him I would do it. Oh, shit. He's I like, mean, it, you know, it depends on the joke. I, I try not to do a lot of groaners or ahs. <laughs> um, I would I would like to think that so I do some jokes that do get that response where people are like ah and it's I think pretty split and then I just remind them that I have a therapist so they can laugh at my jokes <laughs> and it's fine um, but as far as just in general I kind of had to learn early on you know make friends with the women in the audience because sometimes it can be intimidating to see a woman on stage commanding a room, which you just, that's what you do as a comic, right? Um, yeah. And they, like, guys guys will hesitate to laugh if their girl isn't laughing. So it's like, mm-hmm. make her laugh. That Just gives him permission. <laughs> yeah. and, and to be honest, like, not to be, like, all whatever about it, but if we're going to go, like, heady for a split second, I'm going to do it because... I mean, in the in the spirit of Spencer Powell, like if it's not a TED talk, then like really, what is it? Yeah. Um, and it's not Spencer's comedy. Yeah. I mean, that's why I respect that dude so much. But at the same time, um, I feel like that it's very easy to also get that response out of both men and women. It just depends on what the subject matter is. Like you make a totally. good emotion. the empathetic, yeah, yeah, the empathetic, like ah. I mean, it just yeah, totally. Yeah, depends on what you're saying. I when I get that response, I feel like it's split i really do i kind of I also like don't it. pay attention to men as much so no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about anyway so Fuck them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well and to be honest like i've gotten that response before and it's like sometimes you don't expect it and that's always like the weird thing when like somebody just like awes at a joke you're like no dude it's a joke like it's fine yeah. like, they're not th- this isn't real like <laughs> um, yeah well when it's yeah, when it's a when it's one of those that's kind of tough to swallow, and so my this is like a point of pride for me. Uh, I did a show in Boulder, Colorado, and for those who don't know Boulder, it's called the Republic of Boulder. It's very liberal. They're very woke to the point where, like, oh my god, go back to sleep, take a fucking nap, Boulder. <laughs> Patagonia uh, created a town. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean it's they're great. They're great, but. I'm painting a picture, right? And so I did the Boulder comedy show and I did this joke and I was kind of on the fence about it more so because I hadn't really polished it up enough so I didn't know how to do it. And I don't recall exactly how I phrased it, but basically the point was, is, you know, you've got like the right working on, you know, um, abolishing abortion and, and, you know, protecting gun rights. And then you have liberals who are marching for reproductive rights and they want gun control. And I'm in the middle, like, so when do I kill the kid? Um, <laughs> and, like, 
most beautiful thing happened because they laughed at the joke, but then realized what they were laughing at and collectively went, oh, and then I shamed them and said, fuck you, Boulder, you already laughed, we're all going to hell, you might as well keep laughing, and they did, and I, that is one of my most beautiful comedy moments. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> let me let me ask you something honestly. If you had your choice and you were only narrowed down to the two, would you I rather fuck any of you guys? No, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. What? There we would go. Would you? Okay. <laughs> He's cute. Um... Guys, I said guys. I totally go down on Caitlyn. Okay, go go on. Hey. <laughs> so we're doing our next show with you when. Uh... <laughs> Next week sound good? You're, good show. You're way too used to being on camera on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if if you had your choice, um, would you rather only perform for a Republican audience or a liberal audience? Ooh. Um, here's the funny thing. Uh, Republican audiences are less politically correct so unless you're directly attacking the things that you know they feel are, are important and honestly more so unless you're talking about things that they just regular regularly get attacked on um they will laugh at anything uh, yeah. liberal audiences are touch and go i mean that's 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 what's hard is um I've noticed that in some instances, you know, these are broad strokes because you never get an audience that's totally one or totally the other, but sure. they, there's a lot these days, there's a lot of being upset on behalf of, and that irritates yeah. me. I'm going to be really on at, at a comedy show. Like I understand being an ally, but at a comedy show. Um, and I feel like we've also lost our sense of uh, exaggeration and hyperbole and sarcasm and parody. And those are all tools of our trade. And when people can't grasp, like you guys were saying, it's a joke. And sometimes the way we make that joke is by being sarcastic, right? And being in and exaggerating the absurdity of something. Um, and now you've got a lot of people and, and this actually is true for both a little bit. They'll hear a trigger word, and then it's just game over. I, uh, I, a friend of mine, this Period. is my example. But what's that? Period. Yeah. That's why. I mean, it's you just, know, it's just I, like, oh, bummer. Now we're going there or something. You know, people have that. Yeah, right? they just don't. They stop listening, and that's very irritating. And it's one thing for you to tell me I listened, I heard, I understood, and I didn't think it was funny. Fair. That's totally fair. But, you know, like a friend of mine was performing in New York and he did a joke about gun control. He's for gun control, but this woman in the audience heard guns and felt the need to come lecture him after the show about how she's against guns, she's for gun control, and she didn't like the fact that he was doing that joke. And he's like, we are literally in agreement. Did you not listen to the joke? And that's the kind of stuff that... Unfortunately, I do find more with like what we're describing as liberal audiences. 
Well, and I, I mean, I do love a segue, so this is the only reason I'm bringing this back. But, like, that is the difference between, like, an all response. Like, it's, like, the response where you recognize that what you're talking about has, like, gone from, like, a joke realm into something real. But it should always be that way. I feel like that what makes jokes funny is that they are real on some level. And, like, sure. and it's, like, it's a place where you can have open discourse on it. And if you can't, if you just, like are literally just going to be so triggered that you don't take any responsibility for your response, but you just hear something and completely write it off. Like you're never going to get anywhere. And that's, that's the, like beyond Republican or liberal audiences, that's the audience I fear is like the, the yeah, audience I mean, that would becoming, just write you off. Yeah. It's becoming more prevalent and I don't think it's going to be split so much um, along those lines as much as it's going to be, you know, this is gonna make me sound a million years old but i just feel like younger people are really um starting to live that life of you know i need to be aware of everything i need to be upset about everything um and it's really you know listen i don't set out to hurt people's feelings um that's not the point but it's a little bit absurd to think that i'm gonna get up in a room full of people i've never met before and in some way you feel like I'm speaking directly to you and trying to offend you. And it's, I think it was Ricky Gervais. He got into a Twitter fight with a woman who I, I guess was going after him because he had done some sort of a joke that was around like rape or sexual assault. And she was like, you know, that's awful. You don't know who could be in your audience who had that experience. And, you know, somebody could be in your audience and it could really upset them. And his response was, Wow, that would be a really weird door policy if we asked everybody upon entry <laughs> if they've been raped. I'm just like, God damn it, Ricky, you're so fucking good. Um, right. But, you know, the point he's making is, you know, come on, come on. Like, this isn't what well, we're doing. And sometimes comedy is about, like, picking up something that no one's ever thought about and being like, how ridiculous is this that we do this thing? Like, I mean, That's most good used to be about. Yeah, like most good jokes are like, hey, have you ever thought about how fucked up it is that we just like live our whole lives through Amazon and that's like everything or how <laughs> fucked up it is that like we have targeted <laughs> ads on Instagram so or how like I'm just like I'm like literally pulling from all of y'all's jokes because like that's what comedy is it's just like hey have you ever thought about how fucked up this is and let me just describe it to you in a way that's hilarious that's a joke and if I you get... can't if you can't be like if you can't talk about things that are fucked up, then where, where do you have to go in comedy? Like, you can't... I totally agree. I mean, that's kind of what we do. We're like these weird, fucked up sociologists that shine a light on things. It, you know, it's funny. One of the jokes that I get the awe response on pretty regularly is when I talk about the two acceptable for, forms of birth control for the Catholic Church. And I'm like, the first one is abstinence. Hilarious. Get the priests on board first. And, like, everybody awes that. And I'm like, dude, that's not even a joke. Them's is facts. And people get, like, real kind of, oh, you know. I'm like, priests fuck children. (laughs) The Pope even said that. Like, (laughs) You're just taking a situation. You're like, have you ever thought about how fucked up this is? And it's like, and it plays as humor. And it also, that's, like, what comedy is so good for. It just, like, gives you a chance without, like, anger, without, like, all of the personalization to talk about some shit. 
and be like, have you ever even thought about how fucked up roundabouts are? Like, I don't know, anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> airplane food. Fucking, how, who's, who are they trying to keep out of these things? Like, that's what comedy is. Like, and if you can't do that without people getting offended, then it's just like you've defeated the purpose of the fucking genre. Also, who are these people who don't know how fucked up comics are? Like, who is coming to a comedy show and expecting well-adjusted you know mature well-balanced adults like what the fuck i had a bad childhood why do you think i'm up here talking about my twat like hello yeah i got a i got an email after our show with sean and shane when they came up a month before you came up and it was was like "Uh oh you didn't tell me about this email (laughs) oh god so they first they sent it to the did i show you guys this email you saw it? I didn't show you. Did I show you? I don't think so. I got it somewhere still. But some first, some old woman sent an email to the whiskey company and was basically just like, I can't believe we came to this show. It was the most unprofessional thing that I've ever seen. The last comic, who was Sean Patton, like, like I can't believe that you'd let this guy uh, go up there stoned and do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, Sean doesn't barely even smokes weed, from what I understand. He was well, he was concussed. That's to be fair. And two, we're in fucking steamboat. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this big email, and like I, uh, the just the owner was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "This person's an idiot." And I was like, "Just ignore them." And she's like, "Oh, I'll say something to him." And I don't know if she said anything. But then three days later, they sent an email to me directly saying the same thing. But they ended it with, uh, uh, "I've never been more glad to not be part of your generation." <laughs> yeah, me neither. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. What I, an honor. Yeah. yeah, right. I find that so fascinating, and honestly, I blame um, marketing. So hear me out. Facebook. Like it used to be, but seriously, like it used to be where you would watch TV back in the olden days, you know, uh, <laughs> and you would just watch whatever advertisements came on the TV, right? And yes, they would try to figure out like, oh, you know, who's our demographic? Who's watching the evening news versus who's watching a sitcom? But now, like with online stuff and algorithms, everything is so geared towards you. And it's this weird dichotomy. It's an echo chamber. We're being spoon-fed, right? Like we're being spoon-fed everything. And it's making us believe, even this boomer lady, it's making us believe that like, everything in our life should be geared towards us and if it's not exactly to my liking then there's something wrong and it's like yeah i i mean i really i I thought about this a lot because i'm like you know it it really did used to be like i don't like this song i'm going to change the radio channel i don't like this you know show i'm going to change the show we didn't used to be this narcissistic about things that were happening to us. It was like, I don't like it, so I'm going to fucking not watch it. (laughs) Right? What blew my mind is it was like, Sean didn't do anything different than he normally did. And I, the way I was explaining it to uh, the owner, because she wasn't there for that show, was kind of like, what happened? I was like, this woman doesn't know what she's talking about. That's always tough. Uh, Yeah, I know. It, It bothered me, but... I was like, that's like, it's like buying tickets to a Metallica show and then being like, what's all this heavy metal guitar music? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's like, well, you should look what you're buying Don't a ticket wonder, for. Don't you wonder, though? Yeah, I wonder, too. Like, sometimes these people, I'm like, did you just accidentally end up here for $20 a ticket? No. <laughs> like, what the fuck? 
you, you know, oh, you're obviously old, so you're old enough. You've bought a few tickets in your life. You've been to a few shows. I mean, it's just, I think people just have this need to complain and be heard. And it's, I, I've literally stood in people's faces and been like, nobody cares. Yeah. And just repeated that into their <laughs> face. And they'd be like, well, but my feelings were hurt. And I'm like, congratulations. You had a visceral reaction. It means you're still alive hallelujah nobody else cares like nobody fucking cares yep that's the thing with like old people especially when they get near the end they want to feel so important because they know it's almost over <laughs> so they're like, please listen to me please listen to me it's my last chance to save I'm humanity so, yeah, i'm so glad i'm not don't new you generation kind of wish, liar don't you kind of wish this bitch would die and then like somebody would like have a bad yelp review about her funeral yeah. <laughs> I Oh, I didn't like the sandwiches that were served. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like a, I, I really like the decor and the the staff, but I didn't really care for the person who the funeral was centered around. So <laughs> two stars. She was so stiff. Like what the fuck? We came for a show and she's stiff, just laying there doing nothing. I'm so glad I'm not her generation. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the where that all falls apart for me is like, you guys, I had never even seen stand up comedy before I did it for the first time, basically. Really? Shut yeah, up. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I like, I watched Netflix special, but I had never been to a live show. Never I'd seen never, it in person. I'd never seen it gotcha. in person. I never bought a ticket. So, like, there's some level of intentionality that I assume goes into that because, like, literally, I'm into it enough that I do it now, and yet I yeah. have never bought a ticket for it. So, it's like, what were you signing up for? Like, these weren't the cheapest tickets ever. Like, you spent some no. money, yeah. and you still they spent came, $100 like, on a table. what is this? I didn't think about it. I'm like, you spent $100 on it. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what you thought this was. I also love, <laughs> like, it's at the end of the show. You know, that's like going to a restaurant and eating the full meal, and then, like, a day later being like, we want our money back. The food was terrible. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck you. You're like, all right. <laughs> like, those people aren't buying a comedy ticket. They're buying the potential to complain about something <laughs> right. that's what they're going for like ooh, something i can maybe complain yeah. about later a ticket to bitch yeah she's got a ticket to bitch you know I that little song love bitching sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like, speaking it's... of overreacting from audiences though i have a joke about suicide and i did this joke and i didn't know this but apparently in the audience there was two people that had already killed themselves <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's probably because they, they heard my dead, opening yeah. and they were already dead. <laughs> I was like, we got to get those dead people out of the audience. Oh, I'm so sorry. The the biggest <laughs> the biggest all joke that I consistently get and consistently keep doing is like, I, you know, I'm a millennial, which means like I don't have health insurance. Well, I do. It only co covers faith healing. And then <laughs> it's not going great. Um, and then the follow up to it is like, yeah, you know, my generation was promised hoverboards, but all we got was mass shootings. And then everyone awes. And I'm like, it's fucking true. Yeah, it's fucking funny. Where's my goddamn hoverboard? Yeah. She's like, I just would have rather had a hoverboard, but instead, scientists are all just concerned with reproving that the world is round. Like, uh, that's, that's the only a... thing we spend money on anymore. <laughs> like, it's fine. That punchline is just like a punch in the stomach to him, though. Like, I know. Oh. Oh. Like, everybody. Like, it literally it yeah. comes out like that. It comes out like, like the final sigh out of their abdomen as I punch them in the stomach. Yeah. Like, mm. ooh. <laughs> they need it. 
Yeah. They do. You got to learn the hard way, you know, just right. like those kids in those shootings. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have drills. That's didn't why we got pay, drills. Didn't you pay attention? Oh, <laughs> goddammit, listen. Yeah, no kidding. No child left behind. That's what I say. That entire experience would have been different if the audience members have guns. Just saying. <laughs> Arm the audiences. That's the audiences. Arm the audiences. That'll be our next show. Our have to have a gun that to get in. Tell you they yes. are packing heat. Yes. <laughs> it's a reminder. They probably are. <laughs> That's gonna be. We'll do the Gervais model. We'll on the way in. We'll be like, do you have a gun? <laughs> And have you been raped? <laughs> and it needs to be yes and yes, or else you can't come in. Like, so it's interesting that you bring that up because I just so I I do have a joke and I you know it's it is hard it is hard because for example I did a show on Friday and I did this joke which I'm probably gonna retire because I'm getting sick of it at this point. It yeah. does play very well with Republicans, um, but it's basically a joke about you know like. Uh, I'm in my 40s, so if you roofie my drink, you're flirting, and I'm not particularly afraid of millennial guys anyhow, because if I put peanut dust in my panties and have gluten for lunch, you don't have an EpiPen, I win this rape, right? That's kind of the quick and dirty of the joke, um, and I did, I did it the other night, <laughs> and somebody who's heard me do it a million times pulled me aside, and she was just like, I don't know what it is, I heard it tonight, and... I've been roofied three times in my life and it really brought up a lot of bad memories. And we sat there and talked about it for a long time. And, you know, of course I'm empathetic. Of course I'm empathetic to the fact that, you know, this triggered something in her and I want to hear it out. But, you know, I did feel like pointing out to her, I said, you know, the whole catalyst for that, the whole point of it is flipping it, you know, the absurdity of me and flipping it and being like, I win this rape because you don't have an EpiPen. You because like, you're such a little bitch that you literally are allergic to peanuts, and that's why I win this so, rape. Like, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I, I mean, I I don't think the joke would play well if it was a guy being like, "I win this rape." But the whole point is, it's a woman saying like, "I win this rape," and it kind of came off of. I mean, I didn't steal it, but I remember. Um, I I think I was doing it, and then I heard Lynn Coplitz. I don't know if you guys know her. Um, she's a great comic, and she was doing a similar joke where she's talking about being an older, you know, being older, like not old, just older, um, and living in New York City. And people would ask her constantly, like, aren't you afraid of getting raped? She's like, are you kidding me? Somebody crawls in my window over my fire escape and tries to rape me. I'm going to mouth kiss them and tell them I love them and they're my boyfriend now. You know, and it's, I mean, if you can't understand the absurdity, like, she doesn't like you to fucking rape her. Like, that's you know, we're not making fun of rape. You know. If anything, that joke is making fun of men and their commitment issues and intimacy issues. And that's what bothers me is we're really not understanding what jokes are about anymore. No, they just hear the word. Well, they hear the yeah. word and they shut down. And yeah. like, and I guess that, that is like, if you wanted to get like technical and be like, that's what triggering is, is like you shut down yeah. some of your logical response to something. Like, sure, I guess that is really what it is because people do shut down and like they're like, I don't even know who the butt of this joke is, but I just like used language I didn't like, and you're like, all right, but like, isn't this the point to be able to like take it and like put it up to like the test of like hey look at this and just like decide something about it you know 
Yeah, well, I mean, if you don't make it absurd, if you don't exaggerate and you don't make it funny because it is absurd, then you're just having a TED Talk, which maybe that's what some people want. <laughs> that's what they're buying tickets to. I didn't get the memo. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be an asshole. <laughs> I think now people deal way too much in absolutes and it gets worse as the years go on. And there's too many people that think either the world is all bad or the world is all good. When in reality, yeah. it's a mix of both. But if you have people that deal in absolutes, then they're sick. Thank you, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. I was thinking it the whole time. As soon as you said it, I was thinking it, and then I started thinking about something else. I'm sorry, sidetrack. Kyle and I have been getting this thing down from Moneyball, like I'm Brad Pitt, and I finished sentences going like, and then the truck went over there. Thank you there very much, Kyle. <laughs> Beautiful. But, uh, honestly, yeah, like it, it is coming to a point where it's absolutes, and it, it, it and it's really frustrating because, as you said, it is a shadow that goes over like what jokes are in the first place. And people do. They, I, I'm absolutely noticing they genuinely want to be upset um as my old eastern european mother says you know they don't have real problems so they create them yeah. uh yeah. she grew up after and it's true because she grew up in a war-torn country they didn't have food and she's like let me tell you when you're running from bomb sirens and wondering where your next meal is coming from you don't fucking care about like semantics <laughs> yeah, there's you no one in don't. Syria worrying about microaggressions right now. They've got yeah. other things to yeah. play. They've got macroaggressions <laughs> happening. <laughs> Mad macro. Mad macro. <laughs> Mad macro. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not to say, like, we, we shouldn't strive to be thoughtful or inclusive or things like that. Sure. But I also think we shouldn't strive to constantly be looking for reasons to be upset. Um, because if you look for reasons to be upset, you will find reasons to be upset. Yeah. And, and that's absolutely always true, I believe. And to be honest, like with satire, it's the the point of it is to bring it to those radical extremes, to bring it exactly. to black and white thinking, because that's what makes it funny. Like a modest proposal and eating babies isn't funny if you don't understand satire. And like I, I only bring this up because I'm a little bitter. I showed a South Park episode in one of my group therapy classes because it's been a long-standing dream for me to be able to like teach South Park, <laughs> and I had somebody just straight up walk out because they were just very offended, and I was like, "This is satire. It's just bringing it to the logical extreme." Which what episode was, was it? Just <laughs> it's the uh, Caesar Milan episode. Yeah. Uh, Someone <laughs> walked out on that one? Yeah. What? There's a, there's a whole scene where one of the nannies that Cartman drove insane is eating her own feces. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a, that's a pretty gross one. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a lever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is. And, uh, and the point I'm trying to make is that like people can't understand satire when they're already living in extremes. They literally believe that that's actually what you mean because they're like i do think like that concretely and in black and white and you're like well satire is going to be very scary for you then <laughs> like yeah, you literally are so like oh sad. this bitch is trying to eat babies and you're like no it's a modest proposal it's thomas Paine, man and they're like get out and i'm like my english degree literally means nothing mm -hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> thomas who <laughs> <laughs> i'm constantly yeah, reminded yeah, yeah. major Payne's a good movie yeah, yeah. Yeah. damon wayans he's the best <laughs> thomas Payne's. Do you guys know who Tracy yeah, Almond yeah, yeah, yeah. is? Yeah. <laughs> you know Tracy Almond? She's a British uh, 
Nick, she had like a sketch show a long time ago, but she, she did a sketch about like running a group therapy session, uh, for young people who are overly woke. It's incredible. Actually. Did you see that? First of all, it's written so well. I'm mm. like, fuck you. Um, I know, right? <laughs> You're like, I toast to you and I hate you at the same time. It's, I know, but it is so good. It's worth watching because it's it's really, really good. And at the very end, um, there's this line that I just repeat in my head all the time when I'm dealing with people like that. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so, but anyhow, it, but it, it is very well done. And it essentially is somebody who's holding a group therapy session for people who just are overly woke and they're trying to you know, they're finding everything to be racist or problematic or whatever. And, and it's funny because she's older. So she's like, well, you know, the point is, is you guys are actually going to be massively right wing by the time you're in your 30s. So don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> there's a there's another comedian, this tall, skinny guy who does a lot of like uh, uh, sketch comedy, making fun of like woke people and like woke comedians shutting each other down. I can't remember his name. Fuck, that's gonna bug me. Jerry I'll, Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. That's who it was. Okay, good. Comedians in cars what? talking about woke issues. Are, really <laughs> are they woke? Are they just half awake? What's the deal? Yeah. I have no idea, Jerry. I have <laughs> no idea. No, and, and I mean, like, I don't know. I <laughs> I get this a lot because my sister, who I love and is honestly just fantastic in every way lives in portland so she lives in kind of like a bubble and then she like you tells me stuff. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she tells me stuff and so it like works its way through the grapevine to my ignorant ass and steamboat very much out in the boonies like this place is very redneck did you guys know oh, yeah. well I, not I have if been... it's inside it's not but if you throw a rock about a no, hundred no, yards outside no, no. someone will I shoot get, it i get i get told <laughs> i get told on the reg how redneck specifically steamboat is <laughs> like that's oh. the thing Portland is on its own continent. Oh, well, if you, compared to Portland, then, like, yes. you know, yeah, fucking Melissa Milano is a redneck yeah, compared every, to Portland. Every other thing is. So yeah. I get I get constantly updated, which is, like, good, but sometimes at some point I'm just like, don't take a diagnosis as your truth. You know, at some point it's just like, I have anxiety. You need to work around it. I'm just like, maybe you should... Yeah, it sounds like your coping problem. skills. Yeah. Like, yeah. Try meditating, asshole. The point of us learning more about <laughs> mental health wasn't to give people endless excuses. It was just like, hey, this is what you got to work around. Do it. Yeah. At least it's not like, I don't know, paleo. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good point. It's Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. As a comic, I would be exhausted if I were... What checking in with every table? Like, are you? Is this okay? Like, are, did you <laughs> just get divorced? Because I'm gonna talk about divorce. <laughs> it would be a good sketch. That'd it could be, be a good sketch. A good yeah, bit. like tell a joke Comedy and just in like 2040. Yeah, everyone vote and tell me if that was acceptable. If you have a lived experience, <laughs> yeah. And then you'd still get somebody complaining about how the show wasn't funny. So. Oh God, I'm not in your generation. <laughs> I called Kaylin's sister Rachel Maddow. I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> to be fair, she kind of looks like Rachel Maddow. To be fair. To be fair, <laughs> it's the haircut. It's intentional. It's <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag hero worship, am I right? <laughs> no, I mean, she, like, love her. She'll probably listen to this podcast later. Please don't be mad. Um, but at the same time, it is it is hard because there's standards that we're held to at this point, which I feel like 
make it hard to do comedy effectively because that's like what it is. No, yeah. it's easy. You just do comedy. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, and if they don't like it, they can suck your pee pee. Yeah, they can absolutely eat a <laughs> big old plate of shit. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the issue though becomes, you know, like when you're running a show, right? Yeah. You can't help but have to think about crap, you know, like now is this one person who's complaining and, you know, the owner wasn't there or whomever, or the manager, you know, now is my show going to get shut down because they don't want to deal with it. They're not saying the person's right. They just don't want to deal with it. And then, you know, when you're a small business owner, you know, if somebody has a good time, they tell a friend. They have a bad time, they tell 10 people. Mm. Um, and I think that's where it starts to get into an area where as comics we have to care yeah. because we may not want to, you know, uh, acquiesce to it, but we kind of have to care because if our show's going to get pulled because we don't have good management on our side at that venue, that's going to be like, you know, this is comedy. Um, if you don't, you, you, you can see who's on the bill. You can look them up. You can see their videos. If you don't like it, you shouldn't come. Like you need strong, uh, you know, strong support in that way from a venue where they're they know how to work with the person but they also have a perspective of you know is this a long time person was it really a comic issue um were they terrible you know listen it happens like if a comic is stumbling drunk on stage and doesn't do their job that's one thing but you know it so it, as much as we want to be like fuck you we don't care it starts to enter a realm where we kind of have to care enough to figure out how to you know work around it without not you know without being censored yeah no that's definitely uh a line that we have to walk all the time even with like uh just recently with open mics i had the owner of the whiskey company came up and they're like hey like we're not happy with this one really dickhead guy named Mac. Who, uh, <laughs> we talked about it on the last podcast. Literally the nicest guy. <laughs> the nicest guy in the world said the most mundane heckle to these guys. And then the, the, the manager at the whiskey company pulled me aside and was like, that was really mean. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But anyways, that's kind of neither here nor there. Oh, well, you brought it up. <laughs> but, Whatever. But I mean, they don't listen. Mo, like, honestly, like, I think that you're right. Like it's a hard, it's a hard situation to like straddle the needs of a, like a small town community, especially like where like you have to like, there's only like five bars. Like you can't get just continuously kicked out of them. Like you have to like address the needs of your audience. And if you're just constantly pissing everybody off, then like, like I've seen, there's a difference. Like I've seen some sets that are just not tasteful. Like yeah, that, are, oh yeah. that actually have crossed the line, and it's hey, weird. Yeah. I can't tell you where that line is. <laughs> can't tell you where that line is, but it exists. And like when you, I think it's, stuff, it's, it's with intention. Like, oh, you know. like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think the line is intention. Um, yeah, and I think we all know. It. I always say comedy is like a self-cleaning oven. Like we, you know, we know when somebody's coming to open mics, and they're coming because they want an excuse to be racist and they think that comedy is it right oh it's a joke and we all have well maybe not all of us but most of us have like a gut instinct we understand you know their intention isn't bad maybe it was um not a very well-crafted joke and you can talk to them about that and then you know you do you know those people who are just like 
I want to use the N word and this is this. I'm not going to get What's beat up if I do it under the guise of comedy. What's the N word? Nincompoop. Oh, <laughs> I knew it. It's between pornography and nude drawings. It's just you have a gut instinct. Like literally, you, that's that's a, the the Supreme Court the ruling Supreme on Supreme Court ruling. It's, it's like you know the difference. You have a gut instinct. I you know, know it when I see it. You're like I know it when I see it, and you're like, yeah, I know some hateful shit when I see it, just like I know porn when I see it. Like I'm just like, yeah, yeah. that's not artistic, man. That's just for jacking off. Like, I can I spot porn. I can spot porn a mile away, yeah. babe. You're right. Hateful <laughs> stuff is just for jacking off. I agree. <laughs> no, Mo brought up a good point <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> Mo brought up a good point that that like people will just go out of their way to do that, and I've seen it before as well. And I try to explain to like my relatives and everything when it comes to comedy, and they're like, you know, what if somebody goes up and says something so distasteful and racist or just god awful? I'll be like, well, for one, they're gonna probably have zero people laugh at them. Yeah, and if you've ever had that the happen to you, you're never gonna come back if you really suffered that hard. And two, they're going to get weeded out by the community that is existing. If we have somebody yeah. come up like two times and they're just talking about the Jews like a little too yeah. much for no reason. I'm like, whoa, buddy, that like, wasn't funny. We already, yeah. we already got a Jew guy here. Yeah, we yeah. got a Jew guy here. <laughs> like, we only have one, buddy. Uh, yeah, Small scene. Yeah, go back to Craig. Oh! And, hey. um, yeah, nevertheless. <laughs> 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 nevertheless yeah it's like it, it, i try to explain to people like trust me like those bad people will be weeded out and not come back yeah they won't last they don't have no. a platform for very long absolutely not but isn't that so reassuring that they do get weeded out like that they don't have an audience like isn't it so nice to know that like it's very zen it's like yeah, karma the, yeah it's no well, yeah. like you know what the worst thing is for a narcissist which is i'm gonna assume most of those people because it's just like why would you even think anyone cared about this opinion unless you kind of borderline narcissist but the point is that the worst thing for them is to have no response no laugh and that that is ultimately what our culture does as much as it like also is overly pc and overly offended it also is just like yo rape jokes that are just blatantly hateful towards women aren't funny no. racist <laughs> shit isn't funny like we have like gotten to yeah. a place where like it is kind of nice that nobody's just like inward 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 and being like that's my set and you're like why like, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not funny right. that's what it <laughs> yeah. comes down to is it fucking yeah. funny is it or funny not? or is it not funny yeah exactly yeah, that's it's, not like funny. you can hold stuff up but like you have i don't know there's there is something more to you have to do in a satirical way absolutely yeah i've always found it's a fine line just um shifting gears a little bit just because somebody you were talking about earlier reminded me of it of making sure you don't piss off venues and stuff I found that uh, for me, like early, the earlier you are in a show, the less I try to be shitty with the audience because the more they're on board, the more you can kind of get away with being like, oh, like shut up and laugh at my jokes or don't get so offended. But yeah. like, if you're the first one up, you got to be like, all right, okay, you're not into that. Okay, let's, yeah. let's, let's get this, let's get the feng shui going a little bit. But then as long as like, two or three people before you kill, then you can do whatever the fuck you want, kind of, or at least more But you so. also, like, and I have to bounce here pretty soon, um, but you also, when you're picking a venue, you have to kind of figure out, you know, if they're really on board with having comedy, if they understand what comedy is. Because I've talked to venues 
And it was so clear that, you know, in their head, they're like, oh, well, I'm seeing comedy everywhere. That's going to bring money in. I don't really want to do marketing. Our, our own business is failing. So, you know, we'll just try this. And they, they didn't understand it. They weren't giving us a spot because they wanted to support comedy or, or artistry or any of that. Um, and I think that's where you run into issues is when you're really not in a true partnership with your venue. Um, because again, like you pointed out, Kyle, if you respect the audience, you respect the venue, um, then they should also have your back because people are going to complain. They just do. They should know that because people complain without a comedy show there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they'll find anything. My fries were cold. Two yeah. stars on TripAdvisor right. or whatever. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> yeah, right. People still are like, I can't believe they made me wear a Mac. It's like, come on, guy. Like, how long have we been doing this shit? <laughs> Anyways, uh, which that shouldn't, maybe, possibly, knock on wood, be opening up a little bit more here soon. Things are trending that way. We'll see. Well, this was really nice, guys. Yeah. Sure. This is a great <laughs> chat. Do you guys got any other quick questions for Mo? Things to say before she has to go do her thing? Quick one, Mo. When you're coming up with material, do you write in a book, type on a computer, or just figure it out on stage? Um, I write. I, I still write. Pen it paper. helps it stick in my head more, and um, I don't trust my phone. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> Like, you know, a lot of people look at their phones, and every time I try to do that, like at an open mic and stuff, something goes wrong. So I write, and um, – but – you know, the great thing about open mics or even if you're doing a show and you can kind of put a new newer joke into the set is that's really where you get sometimes great tags that you didn't think of where it's just kind of flowing and it comes out of your mouth, which is also why you should be recording your sets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been recording all of them. Actually, it's on my to-do list to sift through our last couple of open mics. Mm -hmm. If you guys ever want them, let me know. Um, I've also got the we recording send, of our shows. Mo too. If Mo, you, we're gonna okay. send you all of our open mic yeah. sets. And if you could just give us detailed bulletin points of each joke, we'd really appreciate it. You don't mind, right? Great. I have nothing better to do, sadly. Well, anyways, I guess Mo will let you go do your thing. Where are you performing tonight? Um, I actually do a show called Mondays with Mo at nine o'clock mountain on uh it's a streaming platform called haps tv so oh, nice. my guest is probably coming into my green room right now so <laughs> but this was fun i'm glad this worked out you guys are amazing you're doing great things so i hope i get to see you soon awesome yeah you're the best too we appreciate you thank you and Mo. yeah we got some stuff yeah. coming up this summer we'll definitely keep you in the loop thank yeah you. and if you guys are down in denver you know yeah. Holla. Tell Mando we love him. Yes. All right. I'm going to go clean up his poop and then get on my show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later, Mo. Thanks Bye, again. Be well. Take care. Have a good one. Mo Vita, everybody. Mo. Oh. Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. And now your host, Kyle Ruff.